Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is The Daily Download. On today's episode, our digital producer, Alison Lloyd, interviews co-founder and managing director of compliance tech, Maurice Jordan Earl. Jordan Earl discusses his recent LinkedIn article that tackles the COVID-19 forbearance moratorium, in which he says enlarges the wound caused by the lack of black home ownership in America. Jordan Earl talks about why he believes Section 4022 of the CARES Act will have a disparate impact on black Americans and shares what HDMA data reveals about racial disparities regarding federally backed mortgage loans. But before you listen, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined with Maurice Jordan Earl, who's the co-founder and managing producer at Compliance Tech. Thank you for joining us today, Maurice. It is my pleasure. Well, Maurice, tell us a bit about yourself and your company. Well, I am uh, I'm a banker. I have 40 plus years in the business uh, in various capacities. Uh, for the last 26 years, uh, co-founded and managing director of Compliance Tech. Uh, we are a, a consulting firm that began to develop software to use technology to help lenders manage issues of fair lending. Along the way, our tools also began to be used by bank regulators and community organizations. And so we've got tools um, that will allow our stakeholders, our customers, to use Humda data effectively to make better business decisions. One, to manage uh, compliance-related issues, two, to identify market opportunities, and to measure their performance against peers. With the Humda data, we're able to do all of those things in the context of protected classes, whether that be race, gender, or age, and geography, because we've got it all cut by geography down to the census tract. All right. Thank you for letting us know more about you and your company. Let's dive into today's interview. A few weeks ago, you published an article on LinkedIn that tackled the COVID-19 forbearance moratorium, which you said enlargens the wound caused by the lack of Black home ownership in America. I just want to discuss this article itself. So I want to read this direct quote from you that I believe is really at the core of your message. Section 4022 of the CARES Act will have a desperate impact on Black Americans because it is designed to help homeowners. 
White Americans with a 73.7% home ownership rate own more homes relative to their proportion of the population compared to a 44% Black home ownership rate. Can you please explain this more in depth? I mean, we know this data suggests the vast majority of Black Americans renting. So how does this impact the home ownership rate? Well, you just said it. The answer is cause the vast majority of Black Americans are renters. If you come up with a program to help homeowners, there are a much larger proportion of white homeowners at 73, almost 74%, as opposed to 44% for Black Americans. So on its face, there's a 30-point gap. So any program designed to help homeowners is going to have a greater impact on white Americans simply because they own more homes. Why? Well, mathematically, um, that's the case. Um, but even more so, it gets a little deeper when Section 4022, this whole forbearance moratorium, it is limited to federally backed mortgage loans. And while federally backed mortgage loans includes the following, uh, loans that were purchased or securitized by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, loans that were insured by the Federal Housing Administration or guaranteed by the Veterans Administration, or those, which is a more limited number, Rural Housing Service or the Federal Servicing Act. Those loans together is what is composed and comprised of these federally backed mortgages. And the distribution of the federally backed mortgages, again, is skewed towards non-Hispanic whites. So the law in and of itself, because it is limited to homeowners um, and more homeowners, not only own homes in terms of their home ownership rate, largely speaking, white Americans own more of these federally backed mortgage loans. So the benefit is there to help homeowners, not renters. Maurice, I also want to discuss more findings in your article. You said when using compliant text Humda data mining software, which you call lending patterns, 13 years of mortgage data revealed racial disparities with federally backed mortgage loans. Can you touch on that more? How did this data come to be and what does it say to you? Okay, that's a good question. Um, Lending Patterns is able to stratify the data by all of the criteria that were used in the development of this Section 4022 for the forbearance moratorium. And so Lending Patterns was able to isolate those loans that qualified, i.e. backed by the government, first and second mortgages, first liens on one to four family properties. And so that became the universe of loans that qualify. And so lending patterns was able to break those number of loans down by race. And the racial distribution um, was essentially broken down between um, conventional loans that are purchased and securitized by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and then by government loans, i.e. FHA, VA, et cetera. And so the distribution, and I, I should add that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac control more than 55% of the market. So they're major players, and they basically 
formed the foundation of the mortgage market in the United States, except Fannie and Freddie only by conventional conforming loans. The distribution of loans that have been purchased and securitized by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac over the last 13 years has been 80.87% non-Hispanic white. With regards to Black Americans, that share is 3.63%. Yeah, you hear the difference. Yeah. <laughs> His, Hispanics is twice the level of Black at 7.76. But you add them all up, regardless of the number and the share for people of color, 80% white is the main driver for Fannie and Freddie. Black Americans, again, at 3.63. 63% is extremely low. On the other hand, while non-Hispanic whites are also uh, the largest group there, uh, but it is 71.8% white share of government loans. And black loans, 11.56%. So bottom line is this, if you are black in America, you are more likely, in this instance, three times more likely to get a government loan than a conventional that's something. Wow. And, and the data is beginning to, to show this, that those lenders that do not originate a large share of government loans are more likely to have a redlining profile. That's interesting. So what can we do with this data then? If we know this, how can we make sure that this is no longer an issue? Well, um, it's been an issue for a long time. Um, personally, I believe that there is there's power with data. And one of the reasons that I wrote this particular piece is to provide one, data, but more importantly, to provide some exposure to the data and how it can be executed in such a way that the public is aware of this benefit from the CARES Act, and then more broadly, by the use of this data, can bring about a greater sense of knowledge about the dual mortgage market that we do in fact have in America. And that dual market, as I mentioned in this piece, is one white, one black, separate and unequal. So execution of this particular uh, legislation is important, driven by data, as it is execution of lending in America that should be driven by data. Okay, so as we talk about the data, let's talk about forbearances, mm -hmm. which has been a top concern during the COVID-19 pandemic. Recent data suggests that forbearances are falling. How does this data fare when broken down by racial groups, as you suggested that data does change <laughs> well it changes not only does it change but the challenge is um the industry overall uh, are not using race-based data to measure forbearances it is looking at all loans and tracking loans where the request was made for a forbearance and while they're saying the trend is going down I suspect if that analysis 
were inclusive of black Americans who may be experiencing financial hardship that are in need of forbearance, that you would get a different curve on that chart. But because black Americans are not being um, separated from that trend, you don't see the differences along racial lines. Uh, we know that COVID-19 and the coronavirus is having a, a greater adverse impact on communities of color. And so that would be an extension that it's also uh, having a more adverse impact in terms of financial hardship. But again, the reason for this article is to provide information to communities of color that this provision exists in the CARES Act and that they need not lose their homes to foreclosure because this provision does provide an opportunity for those who request it to get a delay in making their mortgage payments initially for up to six months. At the end of that six months, it can be extended for an additional six months. Now, the beauty of this forbearance program is one, all you have to do is ask, but you can't ask if you don't know it exists. Two, there's no documentation that's required, so you don't have to prove what the economic financial hardship is. Three, there is no ding on your credit score. And then four, unlike normal for forbearances, this forbearance, this delay of mortgage payments can be added to the end of the mortgage term. So in other words, if you've got a 30-year mortgage and you get a delay of mortgage payments for 12 months, those 12 months of delayed payments can simply be added to the end. And so you end up with a 31-year mortgage as opposed to a 30-year mortgage. None of the Black people that I've spoken to were aware of this provision. But at the same time, none of the white people that I spoke to were aware of it as well. But these were, were not people in the industry. These were lay people. And it's not been in the mortgage servicers' best interest to announce or to promote this program. And so they haven't. Um, it's only if the consumer calls and makes the request. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac put up a uh, part of their website where a homeowner can go and put in their loan number and determine whether their own loan is owned by Fannie and Freddie. Um, similar things have happened with FHA and VA, um, but it took a lot of promotion from the government to come up with information circulars to promote and educate the industry about the existence of this provision 4022. Because at first, even the servicers were not aware and they were telling consumers that were requesting the benefits of this forbearance moratorium that it didn't exist. And if they were offering a moratorium or forbearance, it was the traditional three month forbearance with the delayed payments due at the end of the three months. And so again, information is critical. 
and how this is being executed. And so this program is still alive and well, and it will not go away until Congress makes a specific provision to say it's gone away. Unlike this provision that's being confused about rentals, which is section 4023. And it was only a moratorium for evictions protection for renters. And then only if the landlord participated in a forbearance moratorium, which was only for 90 days. Wow. So there's definitely uh, the discrepancy there with people understanding that rule in general. Yeah. So it's all about information and it's all about data. As we wrap this interview, what other information do you think that our audience needs to know about forbearances, the Black Home Ownership Rate, the CARES Act, or renting in general? Well, um, my statement to, to Black America is build your financial framework with the motivation to own a home. That the benefits in America are there for homeowners. Whether it's the tax benefit of owning a home, whether it is the stability of neighborhoods of owning a home, whether it is uh, better access to schools and education, uh, even better access to grocery stores. You've heard the term, you know, food deserts, uh, where there's no fresh fruit or vegetables in certain communities, simply because there is a large aggregation of poor people living in a concentrated area. And so my message to all people, but particularly to black Americans, is be about the business of arranging your finances and setting a goal to own a home so that you truly can participate in what we have heard all of our lives participate in the American dream. It's all about home ownership. Well, thank you, Maurice, for providing that information for us. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the daily download today. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the news of the day as we continue to share the hottest topics in the industry every weekday. Lastly, we just launched the August Housing Wire magazine that features a complete redesign in all new sections. And if you sign up now, you can help us give back to the NBA's Open Doors Foundation since we're donating $5 for everyone who posts a photo of them with the August magazine issue, tags us, and uses the hashtag HWGivesBack2020. And yes, you can take a digital picture of the issue as well as a selfie. So with that, it's a wrap on today's episode of the Daily Download and catch everyone here again.